Broski here, and right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, they talking all of this Hello everybody and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery Jr., and with me this week are my good friends, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepigina. Hello. And Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. the ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. Uh, before we get into the show, I uh, just want to mention, please subscribe on iTunes, please leave a five-star rating and review. Once again, I think we kind of are all over... Uh, talking about Raw and SmackDown, and we're not finding hardly any of it entertaining or worth our time to talk about. So we're going to do some, I guess, listener questions tonight. But I have, have a couple topics I want to want to talk about. Would you guys rather go through the topics I have written down and then do questions or do a topic and then go to a question and just alternate? I'm fine with topics first. All right. So my first topic, it was a topic a few weeks ago, and it has reared its head again. Have to mention Cardi B. Uh, she was asked on social media, uh, who like, how does she know about you know lying, cheating, and stealing? And she said, basically, you know, I used to love wrestling, and she listed who her favorites were, trying to remember who they were. Maybe I should have had that pulled up but booker t he was one of them booker t lita eddie guerrero i think the undertaker Mm, i got it i I used to watch wrestling my faves are booker t batista eddie triple h edge and lita so i saw that and i was like you know what that's cool like cardi like she she knows her stuff a little bit Um, she's for the culture yeah, and it was like, all right, she even lived up to the fact that I named her the winner of the week a few weeks ago, like the fact that she acknowledged it again. But what I really wanted to bring up, as much as that you know, brought me a little joy to see her tweet that out, and yeah, she did mention she liked Undertaker and Kane in a later tweet. But um, the reason I wanted to bring it up is these pathetic, attention-hungry <laughs> losers... In Stanford, Connecticut, tweeted out something today. I guess it was an article that they wrote titled, Cardi B is a card-carrying WWE Universe member. Like, get the hell out of here. (laughs) Did you notice WWE? She's not currently a card-carrying member. She said, I used to watch it. And everybody she named is from like 15 plus years ago. And the people that she named who are still active should not be active anymore. So <laughs> that is one of the things that really annoys me more than anything. Is it, oh, somebody talked about us. Somebody knows about us. Somebody mentioned us. Like, come on. You're, you're the biggest oh, company in your industry. Stop being so thirsty for attention. It's pathetic. It annoys me. It drives me crazy. I don't know why you feel the need to do it. 
Uh, actually, there is maybe one reason why, but if you guys have any comments, I'll allow you to make them first. <laughs> what did I call our, a card-carrying member of the universe? What a card-carrying member of the WWE universe. <laughs> she probably, that's probably the first time she even heard the term WWE universe. Because they weren't saying that stupid shit back at the time she was watching. Two things, Pash. Uh-huh. I knew that... For the first part, I knew that the B in Cardi B stand for best. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Very true. And the great thing about WWE acknowledging them and acknowledging Cardi B is that the fact that we know that they cannot afford Cardi B to perform <laughs> for them. No, she will oh, never show up there. I don't think. No, I, they can afford her. I don't think she'll. I don't know if she'll do it. That's the thing. Oh, they Cardi Boo would do a lot of things for a dollar. We should know that. <laughs> and let me give her some advice. So, Prep, as you mentioned, I'm aware of a lot of the things that she did for a buck here and there. This is not worth it, Cardi. <laughs> Don't do it. Leave them alone. Let them do what they do. You are above it. I, I gave Serena the same advice when I heard the rumor they were trying to get her to be at WrestleMania. You're better than them. Stay away. That's everything I got to say about that. Now, one of the reasons why I think they are so desperate and are so thirsty, this past week, they got their lowest non-holiday rating for Raw ever. Again? Again. The only episodes of Raw that were rated lower than this week's episode were the Christmas and New Year's ones this year, or the end of 2018. So outside of those holiday Raws, this was the lowest rated Raw ever. Uh, are either of you surprised that ratings are this bad? For I mean, I love that everybody took a stand with the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast <laughs> and chose not to pay attention to the company after they went to that terrible country and did business that's that's my statement but the best part about you talking about this is i can transition to our first question okay and what is that you guys are never going to believe who sent this question denzel washington (laughs) oh my god denzel (laughs) denzel asked we always shit on vince's booking and rightfully so but is Triple H really the answer? So that is an interesting question. So I'll, I'll say this first. I, I believe it would definitely not be as bad. But I don't know if it is like the fix that a lot of people think it will be. Um, but here's the crazy thing. The only way that it will be a step, a real step up is if it happens in like the next couple years. But, like, let's say Vince lives to be 95, and he does this till he's 90. Like, Triple H is going to be in his 60s or 70s by the time he takes over, and he's going to be too old to really be in touch with this anymore anyway. So that, to me, is like, if if the, the change is going to be made to Triple H, and if it's going to be what we all want it to be, it has to happen, like, really soon. Because if it goes as long as I think it's going to go... 
Triple H is going to be an old man by the time he takes over. But I, I don't think it's like the fix that a lot of people think it is. What do you think, Alo? It would be the fix that everybody needs. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if you guys have been on Twitter or have seen this going around, but there was a tweet that Sasha Banks liked that was referring to WWE is basically living off of an era for the last 20 been living off an era for the last 20 plus years. I'm paraphrasing a bit, but that was the whole meaning of it. And that's true at this point. Now they haven't done things to entertain us. Yes. But over the past two years, it hasn't been good at all. And you can kind of, and Vince, he's seen success and he's, he set he's set in his way because of his hubris. Mm -hmm. But he said, he said in his way is like, okay, this has worked for X amount of years. This is going to continue to work. And I'm not going to change anything I do. But then you have Triple H and Stephanie and the people that work at NXT who are watching everything else going on in wrestling and saying, no, even though we're on top, in order to stay on top, we have to adapt and do all these other things. If you ever go back and listen to our interviews with uh, TJ with TJP, he talked about this too. It, Vince didn't know. Vince had no idea that uh, like Ricochet and Rusev and everybody they could do all this all this amazing stuff. He he had no idea because he's not his eyes aren't on anything else. His eyes are just set on what he's been doing for the last, what, 40, 50 years. So I think Triple H would be the answer because even uh, when John Moxley's been on interviews, he's even said, Vince needs to retire and let Triple H run the company because Triple H has his hot, his, his hand on the pulse and he understands what the world of wrestling has become and moves to Stephanie too. But Vince always has final say. So like when it, everybody always wants to bash Hunter and Stephanie – and these the Hollywood writers, but if you, but right now, especially right now, within the last month, you can only blame Vince. You can't blame anybody else because Vince always has the final say. Yeah, prep. What do you think? Uh, I'm gonna go a different route. And first, I want to go into this question. I want to say thank you to Denzel Washington for asking. <laughs> yes, it is appreciated. Yes, for sure. And we're glad you're listening. Yes, <laughs> but I really wanted to go in this question and blame the fact that they were a publicly traded company. That thank you for saying that, Prep. Thank you for saying that. But hold on, UFC is a privately owned company, and they make awful decisions as well. So <laughs> I don't know how much like them not being public will change it. And as far as Triple H, I don't know if I trust him. Like I really want to. I understand that NXT is an awesome thing, you know, and everybody loves it. But just remember, like, Stephanie's not doing anything for NXT. You know damn well she's going to do something for WWE whenever Triple H just handed the, per se, reins. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I, all that to say, I really don't have an answer. But I, I can swing both ways. Like, yeah, he'll probably – he's definitely going to be better – but is it actually the answer? I can't fully answer that. And the thing with NXT is, like, the people who are eating up NXT are, like, the diehard wrestling fan. Like, that's that's not going to make necessarily Raw better. Like, the, the mainstream audience is not going to think Raw is good all of a sudden if it's like NXT. Yeah, I think that answer is kind of incomplete because... The hardcore fans, do they love NXT? Absolutely. But NXT Weekly, NXT Weekly NXT TV 
it's just like it's just like an hour raw SmackDown. You know, you have your matches, you have your your pre tapes, and you have your segments, and that's 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 all in an hour. So it's basically already seen as a TV show now. Now, what people jerk off to is the takeovers, which are always fantastic. But Triple H already kind of has his eye on the his eyes on the prize when it comes to doing a weekly television show. So it's a little it's a little bit it's a little bit different because NXT just weekly NXT NXT TV isn't just some one hour five star matches for every match for one hour. It's not like that. It's actually it's an actual TV show with character development and storyline built. Yeah. Um, and the other reason why I don't think Triple H is the fix is Triple H is the one who gave us, what was it, like 32 minutes of himself versus Batista at WrestleMania. He thought that was a good idea. No. Vince thought it was good, sh- <laughs> Vince thought it was good shit. <laughs> you know what? Fine. I, I hate Vince, so I'll-, I'll allow Vince to take the blame for that. But, yeah, I, I do think it's, like, too easy to just think, like, if he takes over, everything is going to be good because, like, I, oh, I don't I know. Be, I don't mean everything will be good, but he has he he knows what's going on in the world of wrestling, and Vince does it. And with the talent that he has, ex, talent that he has in his pocket, there's no reason this show should be this bad. Yeah, and like, and t- the main point though, I think, is I think we'd all agree, Raw would be better on a weekly basis than it is now. Uh, it would be in better hands with him. I just don't know if it is in the best possible hands with him. Um, yeah, and one one more thing. Prep mm-hmm. said something about stockholders, and Bruce Pritchard brought this up. Um, it, I believe he was talking about 2004 when Vince sold more stock, and that's where he becomes more sensitive to what he puts on TV because all the all the stockholders, even though he's a majority shareholder, he still has all these stockholders to answer to and right now is more than ever so that that also goes hand in hand with it but at the same time he also doesn't want to change because he's setting his way he thinks his way works he doesn't understand that the world of wrestling has changed yeah um so the next topic i wanted to bring up is something we one of the few things we like to talk about the 24 7 championship <laughs> so good the mad madness champion yeah, that's basically what it should be called. Um, I mean, we obviously, the previous week, we had R-Truth lose the, the belt on the tarmac, then win it back on the plane. <laughs> this week, he... Did I, you, did I tell you guys I wanted him to jump off the plane? Yes, you to did. To get away? <laughs> Which would have been okay. tremendous if they did that. Uh, this week, we had the segment of him and Carmella getting trapped in the elevator with a bunch of people trying to win the title from him, and the the uh, sequence of them all kind of discussing their like fears and anxieties with each other <laughs> on the elevator. Then we have Truth get trapped in a little box, and he got put on the on the plane to L.A. for Raw next week. So we're supposed to believe he's trapped in this box. For a did you see week. his Instagram video of him in the box recording the box? I did not. No. Okay. Yeah, he posted a video of himself record, um, while in the box, saying he's on his way to L.A. So he's still in the box. Yeah. So, like, one of the things I, I enjoyed was the one that he keeps calling Drake Maverick Hornswoggle. <laughs> I think is awesome. So good. Uh, now that, it's the 7-Eleven title. Yeah, the 7-Eleven title. <laughs> then, 
that was a, a, the forty eight seven title. Yeah, the forty eight seven European title, the the seven eleven title. So, we we'd all agree that this has not lost any steam for any of us yet, correct? No. Even Jinder, acting like Carmella in that like <laughs> exaggerated woman's voice, like truth is that you. I even love that. Jinder being in his full ring attire on the golf course, tremendous. And then that with him acting like Carmella, I thought was great. Um, I do have a concern, though. And I wonder if you guys will share this. I saw something the other day that said the 24-7 clips on YouTube are doing better than, like, anything else. As they should. Like, the, the elevator clip i think had something like eight million views the tarmac one had like four million views the plane one had five million views it's getting a ton of attention it's getting a ton of viewership and it's like the most popular thing right now do you think that could be the demise of the 24 7 championship is like once it's like oh this this is what's got them and then they're gonna run they're gonna kill it because now they're going to be trying to make it that as opposed to letting it just be what it is. Well, I don't think so because the whole thing, because you know what WWE is like, when they like something, they overdo it. As long as I get our truth on my TV all day, I'm fine. Because right now, our truth is my superstar of the year. I don't know about you guys. Oh, you know he's mine. I, I, I'm not joking. I'm dead serious, too. He is my superstar of the year. But give him me more 24 7 title. I'm all for that. Yeah, it, 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 it can't be any worse. It, it can't be any worse than what they have on TV now. But but like that's what I mean. Is it? And, and prep, you you could give your answer to this. Uh, is the fact that like right now it's better than anything on TV. When they start to realize, oh, this is what people want. Are they going to turn it into what everything else on TV is? Or do you have that concern, or do you think I'm being overly? Uh, overly uh dramatic about it i don't know i think that the fact that it's doing such big numbers for them on like social media accounts and and like this is this honestly is like one of the things that every like one of the only things that people care about right now i think maybe wwe might lay off on it like uh I'm not going to fuck with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry, but I'm not going to mess with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I, I hope that's the case. I hope you're right. It, it, it would it would be very WWE of them to uh, ruin it. But the attention, maybe they think like, oh, maybe we should stay in this direction because our ratings are plummeting. Right. Like, this is the one thing that's doing well. Let's just let it do what it's doing. Like that, it's not they they can't just blame the NBA finals on these these things anymore. No, because I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Continue, but remind me I had something I wanted to say about that. No, I mean the only thing I was going to say is like what are they going to say next week when the finals are done? Right. Like and not to mention the NBA finals didn't just start this year. Like the <laughs> entire time Raw has been on the air the NBA Finals have been a thing at this time of year. So I, I know there have been many, many, many Raws over the years that fell on the same night as an NBA Finals game. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely no excuse uh, for, the, for the ratings to be bad because they've gone up against NBA Finals games before. 
Um, so, another thing I wanted to bring up. I didn't really want to talk about the, the Saudi Arabia show at all. But I have to say, I could not be more elated than the fact that they were humiliated with that William Goldberg Undertaker match. Like, that it it was made an absolute mockery of by those two. Uh, and it could not be more fitting. Super Showdown. You know, the Bradshaw, I think, came out and said some stuff this week about how, like, fans are misguided by not liking it. Like, these are two legends that you should always be happy to get to see. Like, I'm waiting for the NBA to do their own Super Showdown in Jeddah, where we get the 83 Sixers <laughs> against the 96 Bulls, or we get the 94 Rockets against the, the 93 Bulls. Like... Being a legend doesn't mean I always want to see you. Like, Joe Montana was a great quarterback. I don't want to watch Joe Montana go out on the field now. Michael Jordan, probably the greatest NBA player of all time. I have no interest in watching him play basketball anymore. Wrestling is no different. Like, The Undertaker can't wrestle anymore. Goldberg, William, you never could in the first place. Uh, Are you guys as happy as me that this became like such an embarrassment poor mark <laughs> he had he had to carry all that dead weight and, and he he looked so mad at, at bill during that entire match he he was not happy at all but when it comes to that stuff it's always just for the picture and, and just for them to just just to say they did it and and three years from now they'll just they'll just show the face off and then take it doing a tombstone and it'll just say it happened here it was it was historic that's all they'll say but, and I'll say it's not historic. It never needed to happen in the first place. <laughs> but they don't expect you to remember that. That's 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 the thing. Well, I but, promise yeah, you, I will never forget. Yeah, I I just feel bad for for the Undertaker because he can actually still go, but he just has, has to be in there with somebody that he, that can actually work more than him and carry the match, and sell everything. But they, they don't they don't do that with him. They always throw him in there with somebody who can't move at this point, and then, and then. In the case of the Roman Reigns match, Taker wasn't even physically ready for that match. So, right, prep your thoughts. I'm sorry, my whole signal cut off. So, if you could just <laughs> repeat the gist of the question. Oh, I was just asking: Are you as happy as me that William Goldberg and the Undertaker completely humiliated the WWE over the weekend? Uh. I think I'm going to take the road that Alo said. I don't think it's fair to say that The Undertaker humiliated them, but Goldberg, if yep. dude, if you didn't feel good walking to the ring, maybe you shouldn't have got in. Especially, like, you suck when you're, like, completely sane. And now you're, like, you're heavily concussed. I could only imagine how you were feeling, like, walking to that ring. Yeah, like when everything is a hundred firing on all cylinders, you're still absolute garbage. But I have to blame WWE for bringing him back in the first place. There's no reason. Who gives a shit about this guy? Like you who... know, they had to send him down because but... he he took forever to like get like they show him walking through Gorilla, and then they get to the like they show like the the crowd, and then he didn't come out for another. 45 seconds a minute he had to have been like telling them like yo i'm not feeling too good 
Yeah, and Pash, if you pay, if you pay me a, a few hundred million, I'll hunt down the '83 Sixers to face the '96 Bulls myself. <laughs> All right, Prep. Did you have another question for us? Oh yeah, for sure. So my next question, mm-hmm. I dude, I can't believe these people mm-hmm. are writing to me. This question, <laughs> this question's for Alo. This is this is a girl who who really helped me out during high school. Her name is Alexis Texas. She says, Alo, <laughs> can you book Pash's perfect card? Fake answers only. <laughs> oh man, huh? How many matches? Just a takeover card, like four matches. Of of current NXT wrestlers? No, no, no. I'm saying like like a takeover style card. It doesn't matter which wrestlers. Oh, okay. So, all right. So we're going to get Goldberg versus Kenny Omega. <laughs> Big match Ken for my honor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And we're, we're, we're going to have a beard versus beard match between Triple H and the Big Show. Oh, that's good. <laughs> And uh, for the tag team titles, we're going to have Too Cool <laughs> versus The Golden Truth. <laughs> Who do I even root for? <laughs> exactly. It's a dream match. What's the main event? Goldberg and Kenny. That's the main event. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then for the women's championship, we're going to have, uh, let's see here. For the women's championship, we're gonna ah, we'll just do we'll just do something past like we we'll do Sasha and Bailey, <laughs> and then in the in the main event we're gonna have no for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship we're gonna have Enzo More versus Gilbert. <laughs> that's a tremendous card. I would I would buy that on pay per view, <laughs> and I, I think that's enough. I think that's it. That, that's more. That definitely would deliver. That's more than enough. Yeah, that'll take Pash's money. <laughs> oh, oh, and the uh, and can't, I can't forget the celebrity match with Pash hanging from a pole, Rihanna <laughs> versus Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> the Pash on a pole match. <laughs> I love it. That's a great card. It would get my forty nine ninety five or fifty nine ninety five, whatever they're charging these days. Hopefully Alexis Texas enjoys that answer. Yeah, but Pash, do you have a card for Alo? Fake answers only. <laughs> I do have a card for Alo. Um, so I know Alo is a historian. And I know his bestie loves a title. So <laughs> everything on this card is for a title. Some of them are retired titles. Um, but the opener would be a handicap match for the tag team championships. And since it's booking the, the, the perfect card, I'm giving you the result of the match too. So I have the opener, a handicap match for the tag team titles, Triple H over Too Cool. <laughs> for the European Championship, Triple H over D'Lo Brown. <laughs> for the Hardcore Championship, Triple H over RVD. For the Intercontinental Championship, Triple H over Finn Balor. For the SmackDown, uh, for the WWE Championship, Triple H over Kofi Kingston. For the Universal Championship, Triple H over Seth Rollins. 
And for the now defunct Big Gold World Heavyweight Championship, Triple H over Booker T. <laughs> that is the perfect card for Alo. <laughs> so good. So good. Does, does, does Triple H have hair on this card? Yes. Okay. I'm all for it. Long hair. Uh, I have I have him wearing like the uh, the trunks. Uh, like this is like the era when he first started wearing the trunks. Okay. This is like right at the beginning of the Cerebral Assassin. I I, I feel like. Okay. Uh, and he's gotcha. holding every title in the company by the end of the night. Buried gotcha. everybody. Yes, gotcha. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I got I got two matches for you, for your opener. Mm-hmm. Alo. For Pash's perfect card, we have Jason Jordan versus Randy Orton. <laughs> <laughs> Great opener. And then another match would be, oh, man, I'm sorry, Pash, but we're going to have to bring Macho Man back from the dead. Okay, Fa- I'm, I'm he, with it. He's going to face our truth <laughs> Wow. <laughs> How the much... match you never know you needed. Yes. How much longer before I put R-Truth on my Mount Rushmore? I don't know. At this point, it's imminent. Like, my initial Mount Rushmore was, what, HBK, Macho Man, Foley, and Flair. Yep. And then it became Jericho, Macho Man, Foley, and... Hold on. Oh, an HBK. How and and whose spot does our truth take? Uh, Rick Flair. Maybe maybe HBK because he came back last year for that quick second, and you want to forget that. You might be right. You know what? Depending how this twenty four seven seven eleven forty eight seven European Championship run goes, like he he may be on there by the end of the year. <laughs> He's a five time. 24-7 champion already, right? Yep. He's going to be at double digits by the end of the month, probably. Yep, beating out Charlotte. I, I know. The, the thing that will kill this is if it stops being about our truth Yeah. Is there anyone else that either of you would care at all about doing this? Is there anyone else on the whole roster? Uh... Well, not like our truth, but I think I think gender he's earned some laughs out of me for his antics with the with the golf course and the airport stuff because it actually worked. He like you said with the him with truth in the in the box, him doing the little Carmelo voice. <laughs> it was actually part of. So like gender does have some comedic timing, but I wouldn't be behind it. But Carmelo is a big part of the twenty four seven title. Right, like she really only has that with him. What were you going to say, Prep? Uh, it's very clear where the trajectory of this person is going, but how good would Sami Zayn be doing this 24-7 gimmick? You just said probably the perfect person. Like, the only other person that I could really fully... Alo, you're right. Like, Jinder has done a really good job. Um and if he held it for a couple weeks, or if, if him and R-Truth have, like, a feud, 
over this thing like that's amazing a, a program for the 24 7 championship i mean that's great uh but yeah Sami Zayn, i could fully get behind because he would be really great with this thing um yeah, holy shit bash a late addition to your card just came in mm-hmm. the result actually came in because it just happened <laughs> okay Chris Jericho just did the J-O-B to Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be the main event. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would make me absolutely sick. Yeah, Pash would be throwing bottles into the ring. <laughs> Pash um, would not be happy. What do we have for a next question? So our next question, oh, my God. Pash, you're a big fan of this person. Mm-hmm. Jermaine Jackson. Okay. He says, what can separate AEW from the rest? So this actually ties into another topic that I had. Um, The topic I was going to bring up for us to discuss was the way I presented it. Those gunshots? I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear nothing. Are you hearing it through your headphones, or are you hearing it like... Oh, no, no, no. I heard it like, bop, 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 bop. Oh, I don't know how you heard that. Welcome to Philly. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Hopefully it wasn't. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, So this actually leads into a topic I was going to bring up on its own, and I, I had mentioned this, like... We've talked a lot about, you know, a lot of our interviews with indie guys, and we've talked about it on the show independently. Like, the boom period in wrestling is happening happening outside of WWE. Like, it's booming everywhere but there, other than them doing a lot of business. But they've been no threat to WWE because they are all these small, fractured, independent companies it's no one entity that could go head to head with WWE. And the thing I was theorizing about that I wanted to ask you guys about and discuss is AEW being under like one big banner that is very well funded, that will be on national TV. Can they be almost like a megazord of the indies where they're bringing in every piece of the indies that is good, every piece of the indies that is successful, every piece of the indies that people are excited about under one roof and be like that true competition to WWE where they're not necessarily competing head to head on the same night on TV, but a lot of people who are fed up with WWE will say, well, now I have this to watch, so I don't have to watch WWE anymore. Um, I I'm sure there are a lot of people like that. So what was the actual question though? And I guess we kind of talk about this in both ways. What's going to separate them from the rest? Yes. I think what will separate them from the rest is like my theory about them being like one big megazord of the indies where they're giving us a piece of everything that's good and that becomes the true alternative to WWE. It's not just Ring of Honor. It's not just seeing like old New Japan episodes on Axis. It's not going to your local indie show. There's something on TV every week that will probably give you your fill of wrestling and you won't feel the need to watch WWE out of habit anymore. That's what I think separates them from the rest is they are a true alternative. And I think they may make people 
decide to just stop watching WWE altogether. Uh, and I don't know which one of you wants to, to follow up with that, but that's my kind of feeling on it. Yeah, I'll follow up. Now, I agree with everything you said, but I'm going to also add something to it. It's going to be the new faces and less faces you know as well because AEW isn't going to rely on somebody, even though they're, they're a new company, they're, going, they're not going to rely on a legend every time or every time you need something. They're going to put a legend in a high position. And the new faces out, outweigh the old. Now they have... AEW has Jericho and Moxley for the mo- for the most part as the, as the faces you may be familiar with, but the Bucks and Kenny they're essentially new to, to, to a lot of this audience. That's going to be on TNT. A lot nobody knows really knows these guys all, all that well. They might know the name, but they never really seen them compete. When we talked about the tag teams last week, I talked about how the Bucks made all this buzz without being on nat on like on real na- on a real national TV platform. Consistent with a consistent time, they haven't. So I think the new faces are actually going to actually going to make a, a huge difference for AEW because you're going to you're not going to you haven't seen these people before, and it's not going to be the same repetition as a WWE show. Is you're not going to see probably see the same match three weeks in a row and rematches after rematches after rematches. You're not going to see it. You're going to get fresh TV every week, every week, and every feud for the most part is going to seem like new because you've never seen this before. Yeah, it's going to be more like. <laughs> Part of the reason a lot of us don't like WWE is we're like, oh my God, this is just the same thing every week. And AEW, by definition, being brand new, is going to be giving us something new every week. Prep? Yeah, for me, what's going to stick out is 100% the talent. You know, these guys aren't overexposed. They're not, like, they're not overproduced wrestlers. It sounds like they're going to let them have their match and not have to, like, you know, be too picky about it like WWE. Go ahead, Ayla. Yeah, yeah. one thing is, don't be like Impact. Limit the things you say about WWE. Like, when WWE guy comes in, even though Jericho said only a few WWE superstars would actually get would actually get signed to AEW, limit the, the acknowledgement about WWE when you get WWE talent. Because you don't want that to be like, because Impact did that, and that was... A major flaw because every time the person came they took a shot to wwe and that's all they ever did they did nothing else after that so you want to limit that i think as much as possible now if you want to throw if you want if you want to throw shade and not acknowledge wwe every now and then fine but don't have your new new talent came from wwe or former WWE superstars do that i agree like I, that was one of the reasons why i didn't love the thing with cody smashing the throne i was like ah this is like your night let it be about you and not them uh but like that that's another thing they have going for them though is like they have jericho and they have moxley who are like jericho one of the most successful ever in the history of wrestling moxley who was like part of the shield he was a wwe champion like he was he wasn't like a mainstream star or anything like that but he's a guy who was like a big deal in wrestling and they have these two guys from the biggest wrestling company in the history of the world who are now like cornerstones of what they're doing so there's like there's another reason for WWE people to like take this seriously because this isn't just a bunch of guys you never heard of there are two guys there that have been like fixtures Jericho for the last 25 years and moxley for like the last what seven eight years he was like a fixture in in wwe so i that's another thing to me that sets them apart is like and cody rhodes another one 
like the lineage of the Rhodes family. They have things that will get your attention, like at the top of their roster, which I think is important. Um, oh, but speaking of Thrones, did you see the prom- Triple H's promo for him wrestling in Japan in the Thrones? Yeah, I did. But do you guys agree with my theory that AEW could be like the Megazord of indie wrestling, where they're gonna they're gonna be able to bring us like all of it together in one place? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it has it kind of has to be to really solidify itself as a player because there's so many wrestlers out in the world that are looking for a break. I see AAW is that place where they they give them that spot, whether it's you know a job match or like a dark match just for the crowd, you know, I feel like they're going to really try to rotate new talent in and out of the promotion. Yeah. And, and then two things. Now, when it comes to talent, I think WWE probably just had their last big name signing for a while, because I think the last big name they signed from the independence was Shane Strickland because with AEW around now, there's going to be competition when it comes to signing these top guys, this is when that when the performance center comes into play because we talked about it for years now that at a certain point in time, the WWE are going to stop looking at the independents all the time as the top stars. They're going to have to, they're going to start creating their own homegrown talent. So I think that'll be something interesting to watch. And one another thing is, I love that they made Fighter Fest free on on, on Bleach Report Live, even though it's going to be, it's the weakest of their upcoming shows i do i do think it's a smart move for them to put it on for free for for, uh, for new for new viewers so they can actually get a look at the talent and see what's going on and get you ready for what's coming in october and you might you might want to order fight for the fall or, you, or all out and then september you'll probably get some preview show and then the debut in october so i think it was smart of them to make fighter fest free the other thing that i think may set them apart is, as you guys know, I've talked a lot about my old job on this show and how much I hated it and how miserable no. it made me and no. how often I compared that to the work environment at WWE. And I think there there has to be something said for a lot of people are going out on WWE not believing in the stuff that they're going out to do. Like, John Moxley just made that abundantly clear in multiple interviews. Like, I got sent out there to do stuff I didn't believe in, stuff I didn't want to do. And I didn't like doing it. And this new company, like, the, the the people that are there are excited to get to do it. And I think, like, that energy level that they have, like, the difference in that could be another thing. Like, I think it will come across on TV. Like, I think that's part of why WWE comes across so poorly on TV now is because it's just a bunch of people going through the motions. And I think when yeah. you watch AEW, there will be an excitement of, like, this is something they're, they're like, very happy to do. So that's another thing that I think will be something that sets them apart. Uh, yeah, and I'm not sure, uh, Alo, you were saying how you you think that they had, like, their last big talent signing. I don't know how true how much I agree with that statement. Um, well, well, only because well, Shane Strickland like had his chance, like he did not need to be there. I think that WWE is still a big deal to some of these guys. Well, well, when I said when I said it is a big deal, but what I meant was it might become more of a bidding war. It won't be as easy. Yep. And also, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you've seen that, but 
WWE instead of three year contracts, now they're giving you five year contracts when you, when you sign. Who's who trying to that. sign for five years? I don't think anybody exactly. Is. But they're trying to keep you away from AEW. That's the thing. Yeah, I just I hope a lot of these guys like see through that, and and maybe that's like one of the biggest things about like I hope this is successful like when it launches in October. Because I want that to be not not just an alternative for us as viewers. I want it to be an alternative for the actual talent. Like, maybe I don't have to sign with WWE because I could be on TNT every week. With a show that people actually want to watch. Or be on a show that actually wants to use me as opposed to just have me so another company can't. So I hope it's something that a lot of these guys see through. Um... Before we get to another question, Prep, how many how many questions do you think we have left? Uh, two. And Alo, did you have any? I had one. Okay. So before we get into the last of the questions, the other thing I wanted to bring up was Bray Wyatt, the Firefly Funhouse. Another thing that seems to have caught fire, no pun intended, among wrestling fans, people enjoying it, people see it as something different. Um, it's funny because like you're getting so little of it every week, you know, like when you see somebody have a match, that's usually at least like eight, 10 minutes of, of TV time. You're literally getting like one to three minutes of this every week, but every week there's like a little bit further they go into it. Like, I don't know that like, has, was this the first time Bray Wyatt other than like the week after the fiend, like the first time he actually brought up the fiend by name, because I think it was, and I think it was. They've really drawn the line between like this is two different people. Like I'm not that. I'm going to go get him. Do you want me to go get fiend? Uh, you saw him like snap as this character, like he smashed Rumbling Rabbit or whatever his name is with the mallet. Like, this is the first time we've seen him do something sinister as this character. And once again, it made me be like, I need to see what's next. Uh, what did you guys think of the Firefly Funhouse this week? Alo, I'll start with you. I enjoyed it, but I couldn't find a hidden meaning in anything this week, like like the weeks past. So I'm interested to see what you guys came up with, because like I, said, I couldn't find anything. Yeah, I didn't. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't even watch anything <laughs> except for the R Truth clips this week. It's just not worth watching. And like, I didn't even enjoy the whole bit with like the McMahon puppet. So I was like, okay, maybe I need to give this a rest for like a week or two. So you didn't even enjoy last week's that much. No. Do you think it's because it's losing steam because you're not seeing him actually do anything on the show? Or like, what do you think? What do you think it that stems from? Like, remember how big the reveal of The Fiend was? I feel like that was, like, the peak. And then they didn't really capitalize on it after that. Like, I'm not saying I want to see The Fiend all the time, but, like, that build-up to The Fiend was, like, the best part of it. And, and I it's still tailed enjoy... off since. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's kind of just, like, leveled off and, like... Whatever they play, like, okay, it's fine, but it's not, like, great. I still do enjoy, like, production 
of it, like like the whole McMahon bit, that looked really cool and it was a lot of fun, but I didn't think that it was like that good. And they still have like they have their formula now where they're like, okay, you're gonna say a bunch of stuff, you're gonna get a little serious, and then that's it. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I I think I'm enjoying it one because I've been a huge fan of Bray since. Like right, he was like one of the things that hooked me in when I started watching again. Um, I'm very curious to see where this goes. I like that they're doing something different. That's like a little more than what they'll usually do. I didn't think there was any like necessarily any hidden meaning. Uh, the 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 thing I took at the most that I took out of it was like, this is like another step for Bray. Like, this is what I'm presenting you. This is what I want you to think I am. This is what I want you to believe that I am. I want you to believe I'm good. I want you to believe I'm your friend. I want you to believe that I'm here to make you happy. All you have to do is let me in. And I think this was like the first glimpse that we got of like that he is not who he's saying he is. And like to me that was like okay, this is like there's no way to paint this as a good thing that he did. There's no way to say that he's he, what he did was not evil or wasn't sick or sadistic. And it was the first step in that direction. And that was what like made me think, okay, now I have to see what happens next week. Cause are they going to build on that? Or is he going to maybe like punish himself for what he did? Is he going to say that he was punished by the fiend? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really curious where it is, but yeah, like I definitely get Prep's point of like it hit its peak when we saw the reveal of like what is behind all of it, and it leveled off after that. But I think I'm just so interested in like what else is there that every little bit they give me, I always just want a little bit more. And for a company that always gives us too much or more than what we wanted, it's nice to for them to leave me thinking, oh, I want a little bit more of this. Uh, but but I get that that sentiment uh any other thoughts on what show do you think he's going to end up on they don't know i think he's going to end up on smackdown because that's like going to be their flagship show now because of the network it's on and they want to showcase it i think that his first feud is with alistair you think so yeah, I don't know. I feel like some of the stuff that uh, Black has been saying in his promos is kind of leaning towards like calling Bray out, like hmm. in like some Bray Wyatt style promo way. I hope he wrestles in a sweater. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And can we also just take a minute to praise the work that Bray has done on social media? Yes. Because he has All been... All the apologies. Yes, so he's good. been very, very good on Twitter. Uh, and as much as I don't typically follow the Twitter stuff, I think what he's done on there has been really good. Like, okay, for instance, this tweet from 20 hours ago, I want to make you smile. I'm glad I have. But please don't be silly enough to forget what I can do when I want to. When will you all learn to never doubt me? What we do from from now on will change everything. Promise. I've had too much time to think. No mistakes. And then this one. Too much time with too many critics rambling on about what I'm capable of. And I wonder if, if that's where the name Rambling Rabbit came from. He said all these people are rambling about me. Uh, you will see. This time is different. 
I'm not afraid anymore. I have fiend, fiend now, and fiend is ready. Yowie, wowie, I'll pray for you. XOXO, Bray. And it's like he's still, <laughs> he's like threatening, but then like still with that like sweet closing to the message of the, the XOXO. Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait for next week. Uh, if there's no other thoughts on Bray Wyatt, uh, we might as well get the next question. Yes. Oh, by the way, Cash, I have one more dream match that you did not include. Mm-hmm. I want, I want Triple H versus Cody <laughs> for the AEW, for the AEW title, <laughs> and I want it to end this qualification. That, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this. This next question, you know what? We were just talking about SmackDown. This is perfect. This next question comes from Alo's, one of Alo's biggest fans, LeVar Ball. <laughs> LeVar Ball asks, SmackDown is clearly more interesting, but what talent can make it better? Like, it's good, but not great. So, like, what talent can SmackDown add for it to be a better show? Sasha Banks. Like, I got to be honest, I don't have, like, a a clear answer. I think only because I'm so jaded of the idea that they could have all the stars from the Attitude Era on there right now, and I don't know if creatively they could make it better because I think the, the stuff backstage is a bigger deal than who's actually on the show. Uh, but... Alo, do you have anybody you'd like to see on SmackDown that would make it more enjoyable to tune into on a weekly basis? Sasha Banks, because she was one of the main reasons I watched Raw. But I gotta say, I gotta say this: I don't know if you watch, but I love the Alexa and Nikki Cross pairing. It really works. Well, you're you're a big fan of the the strange bedfellows angle all yeah, the time. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, it worked. It, it worked so well. Like Alexa. We all like whatever, however you, however people feel about her, or whatever. But Alexa, she's great at her job, and she's per, she's perfect, the perfect character. And her facials are perfect, her reactions are perfect to Nikki Cross. It, like you said, the strange bedfellows thing, it always works for me. And those two parent together has been great. Uh, Velveteen Dream and Bianca Belair, that would make me more interested in, in SmackDown. <laughs> Prep, who do you have? I think it's finally. Letting Alistair wrestle. <laughs> yeah, when's That's the last time he had a match? Probably on Raw. Or no, didn't he wrestle when he first got switched over? Alo, and then they took him off TV? I don't remember. Like, him and Ricochet, when they first did this uh, shake-up, were, like, bouncing back. And then when they moved Andrade to Smack back to SmackDown, they... um. They move Alistair to only SmackDown. So, honestly, I think that he's one of the, like, I think he could be really entertaining there as a talent. I also think that it's time to kind of bring some of those cruiserweights back to, like, the heavyweight division and actually do something with them. Like, back into Gen Pop? Like, bring bring back uh, Buddy Murphy, you know, you... you had this whole thing for him and then never really did anything. By the way, Chad Gable's been on 205 Live now. Him versus Nice. I needed I needed yesterday. But <laughs> I, I do know who will make who will make me excited to watch SmackDown for one night, but then the next week it'll be trash. Pete Dunn. 
Is that a thing that may happen? I don't know. But Pete Dunn, I'll watch for Pete Dunn. You know, like Pete Dunn, but, I, but the next week it, it won't be good. Yeah, everybody's got one good week in them, in this company. But I, I would like to see what they could do with, with Alistair Black. Um, but yeah, I think what would make me most excited would be the return of Sasha Banks or the introduction of Bianca Belair or the Velveteen Dream. Uh, Alo, do you want to let Prep give his last question or do you want to give yours first? Prep can go. So... I think you guys already answered this, but Barack Obama really wants to know. (laughs) Is a Sasha Banks comeback really something to look forward to? So, uh, Mr. President, if you are a specifically a fan of Sasha Banks, it is worth looking forward to because we haven't seen her in how long. But I would assume, like, the average wrestling fan who isn't particularly invested in her, probably not, because whatever they do with her will have run its course in two weeks anyway, and it'll be back to the same old thing. Really, I think most of my problems in WWE just stem from the fact that there's no actual good storytelling, good writing, or real effort being put in backstage or, like, creatively. And I think that makes whatever is happening with the actual talent or like the actual wrestlers almost irrelevant because it's not really up to them to entertain us. They're getting sent out there to do stuff that is inherently unentertaining and there's nothing they could do about it. Alo, do you think the return of Sasha Banks is something to really get excited about? Um, well, her music hits, yes. What they have her do after that? That's, that that has to be seen because I talked about months ago that the legit boss was the first Becky Lynch the man and whatever remember when Becky Lynch was the hottest thing in wrestling for that for those three or four months that was amazing and Sasha Banks did the same thing in NXT let her do that on t- on on regular on regular weekly television that's the only way that anybody else would get excited because. Everybody at this point knows about her, her not her taking her um her hiatus with the company, and let let her address it, and let her and let and book her the way she wants to be booked for a little while. It's not it's not that hard. If Becky Lynch if you do it with Becky Lynch, then why can't you do it with Sasha Banks? Prep, what do you think? I don't think it's something to look forward to because the reasons you guys already said it's just not. It doesn't matter if she comes back. They're not going to book her any good. You know, you. I was excited for Bailey to be on her own, and I'm already like, all right, whatever. <laughs> all right, enough. <laughs> that was actually a question I had for you guys. Is is anything positive happening with Bailey since she cashed in? Or was cashing in, like, it? Yeah, that was it. They they did it too early. Like, like why have that? Like, this the second year in a row that the woman's money in the bank was cashed in right away, right? Like, yep. Why? Why do you have to do that? Yeah, I don't know. Alo, anything on on Bailey? Has anything been successful? Does no, she matter? Is she exciting? Is she fun again? 
Um, no, just the fact <laughs> that her and Alexa hate each other too is fun. But other than that, no. Um. All right, and we have one question left from Alo. Yes, this is specifically for me. So one second. All right, this 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 is from Kevin Fenty in Barbados. He asks, "Do you do you only watch Power Rangers, or are you into the Super Sentai variant as well?" For me, it's a case of the original being better. For example, Japanese shows tend to push the limit in terms of blood and language, unlike the Y-rated Power Rangers. I like them both, but Super Sentai captivates the fan in me more so than Power Rangers in terms of the acting, though I only understand a few Japanese words. So, Kevin, yes, I do watch it. I have not watched it in years because I lost... I just haven't had the time. The last one I stopped at was... was a Go Kaiju, which was, I believe it was 2012, 2013. Um, I don't know. I've seen, mo- I've seen them all for the most part, but I'm not... I'm not a, a historian of it as I am the American version because of the names and language barriers and stuff. But, yeah... I, I keep up with it for the most part. Uh, Prep, any thoughts from you on that one? Green Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have nothing to oh. add, but that did lead to a question I have for Alo. One question, one more thing. Mm-hmm. Kevin, if you, if, if you want a good Sentai season to watch, Shinkenger, which was the, the equivalent to Samurai, fantastic. Best, best Sentai there was. So this leads me to a question for Alo. Um, I have Ronnie versus the world. Prep has your boy Elroy. Why don't you have a Power Rangers podcast? I thought about it. I feel like that would be like a good niche for you to to jump into. I, I when I was recording my 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 little snippets before, I had one for Power Rangers, but then I was like, eh, like like. I might go on like a rant of what I hate and what I do and what I like. And, and then like when it comes to hand in hand with the Sentai, I know what goes on in the Sentai because every power and chief that had the Sentai equivalent and some of the storyline carried over. Some did it from the shows. So I would have to kind of do my homework on the Sentai. Granted, I've seen them, but I don't know everything about them. Yeah. What, what I think you should do. Well, I'm not saying this is what I think you should do, but like, I could I could see it being a good idea for you to just like launch a Power Rangers podcast. I don't know what you'd call it. Um and every week you just like go in chronological episode order and like talk about like the first episode. Talk and each episode is its own thing. And then when you finish it all off or even during the course of it you could have like a guest on who's another enthu- like Power Rangers enthusiast. You could talk about, like, toys. You could talk about your favorite characters, your storylines, whatever. And the best thing for me about that is they're not currently making a weekly Power Rangers show that now sucks that you will, like, <laughs> not want to talk about. You, it, It's mostly just a thing you love, and it will always be that. Uh, yeah. I could see you doing that, and I think you'd have a lot of fun with it, and I don't think there's any end to the amount of people you could like have on to like do an episode with you. Yeah. And then I could, sh- and then power Ranger fans are just like wrestling fans. They complain about everything. Oh, this show shit. It's a children's show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just think there are a lot of avenues you could go down with it. And I never really thought about it till right now. It's something you're passionate about and that you enjoy. And that does have like a following, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I- I'll-, I'll think about it. 
you should definitely at least think about it. Um, I'll, I'll put thought into it. And well, thank you for all the questions. Uh, any final thoughts from, from either of you guys before we close it out? Dude, I can't believe all these celebrities <laughs> listen know, right? to our show. I know, right? And Kevin Fenty was the biggest one. Biggest name. <laughs> he is. International oh. ambassador. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pash, I got one more question for you. Okay. I got a, I got an FMK for you. Okay. All right. Mandy Rose. Okay. <laughs> um, Lacey Evans. All right. And... Sonia Deville. Sonia Deville. Who this is going to be a tough one. Um, I tried to. Get... Tried to what? Get the women you hate. Yeah. Uh, well, you did good with that. Uh, all right. So F. I'm going to say Sonia Deville because, from what I know about her, that would be quite an accomplishment if I was able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> So purely from an ego standpoint, Sonia Deville. <laughs> marry as much as she would annoy the hell out of me. I would marry Lacey because I know she'd cook my dinner. I know when I wake up, she'd have <laughs> breakfast ready for me. I know when I get home from work, she's got a hot meal prepared. I know she wants to be that kind of woman for her man. So, and I'm not saying I necessarily expect expect that from my women, but if that's what she wants to do, I would gladly take it. Um and I'll kill Mandy Rose because, let's just face it, she's my least favorite out of the three, and I felt like I had to say that one. I was trying to get you to marry Mandy Rose. Yeah, I thought about it, but then when I thought about Lacey's whole thing of, like, being the old-fashioned woman, it's like, well, that's what she wants to be. She, like, wants to be the old-fashioned housewife. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> all right, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this show. A little different from our normal shows. I feel like we had some good conversation. When is the next pay-per-view? Next Sunday. Next Sunday. So we'll be previewing that it's next week. Per- yeah, Stomping Ground. So What a dumb name. It is. Hopefully it lives up to the dumb name genius of Great Balls of Fire. But it's not that bad of a name, so I don't know if we could expect that type of greatness from it. Um, all right. Well, subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a five-star rating and review. Alo, would you like to move some merchandise? Yes, what a maneuver on that to embrace the madness. All right, so for Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepagina, for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery Jr., and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't safe to land. Off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.